You're listening to Don't IEP Alone with special education advocate Lisa Leitner. For more information about Lisa, the IEP toolkit, and more ways we can help you in your process, go to adayinourshoes.com. Now back to the show with your host, Lisa. Hello and happy November. I see that some of you have snow on the ground. We do not, but we do have a freeze warning. So I hope that you had a nice Halloween. If your kids do that. For us, it was the first Halloween since 2006 that nobody went trick-or-treating. Nobody wore a costume. We actually didn't even get any trick-or-treaters. We usually only get a few because of the way our house is situated on the road. But we didn't even get that. I didn't go to school and volunteer at any parties. I have two pumpkins sitting out front, but we didn't carve them. And so we are in a new season of life here in this household. 17 years we had been doing Halloween, you know, the whole thing. And looking back at Facebook memories, I'm seeing that I used to really decorate the house quite a bit. I didn't, I put some things out, but not much. But anyway, enough about me. Um, I hope you guys are having a great day. I wanted to just add a podcast episode bonus kind of this morning because I've been, you know, I'm not the only blogger out there who's noticing this. I actually belong to a group of women. There are seven of us who are serious bloggers in all different subject areas. You know, some do food, some do frugal living, things like that. Um, but anyway, we meet weekly and we talk about different things and, and try to help each other and, and build our business and all that good stuff. And anyway, several of us have noticed, and I don't, I don't know the reason. I try to give people grace and I try to say, okay, let's meet people where they're at. And I know that a lot of people are hurting right now. But there's just such an increased nastiness online, in particular on social media, with even the most mundane of posts that I put out there. It might, you know, it could be just like the dumbest thing, and then people just have to get nasty about it. And it even goes beyond the the typical yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but which I get a lot of, right? I do try to be as inclusive as possible. But you know, not every blog post or blog article, and not every meme, and not every picture and every link that I share can include every person all the time in every possible scenario, right? Because that's just the human element, right? We can't, there's 8 billion of us living on this planet, and you can't possibly list every scenario in every single blog post. And that doesn't mean that I'm not willing to help those for whom, you know, the the blog post isn't applicable. If you say, well, this is a really great article. However, it doesn't meet my child's needs because, you know, I might have something else on the site 
or I always have the forums, which is forums.adayinourshoes.com, where you can ask any and all questions that you would like. But it's not even necessarily folks asking for help. It's the, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but you didn't include this. Yeah, but you didn't write about this. Yeah, but you didn't write about that. Um, <laughs> like I said, I can't write about everything, all the things in every post. So I'm trying to be more mindful of how I'm responding to things that I see online, things that even bother me. I don't just, I, I disagree with stuff like that. I've unfollowed a lot of pages in the past several weeks because I find, you know, at least for the moment, I think Facebook and Instagram are here to stay. Um, they're still very popular. They're still, you know, they're now mainstream forms of communication. You know, if you want to see what's going on at your kid's school or, you know, any of your favorite businesses, they're, they're posting it online. It's how communities are connecting. So I think that that experience should be a positive one. And I don't need to be constantly reminded of all the negativity in the world, of course, which there is plenty. So anyway, all that to say, five minutes into this, right? All that to say, I have an IEP goal bank on my website, and it has evolved over the years. It's probably one of the oldest articles on the site. It's one of the most widely read articles on the site, and it's certainly one of the largest articles on the site. Because I firmly believe that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yes, I have had clients where we've gone into an IEP meeting or received a draft IEP. And it was obviously copied and pasted from another child's IEP. And not changed, right? Names weren't changed, ages, grades, teachers, things like that. Very, um, very specific identifying information that we were like, yeah, I think you copied this. For the record, I am completely opposed to that, right? It doesn't, that's not individualized. That's not to say that, that in a school, that you're not going to have more than one student with the same set of needs and the relatively same IEP goal in certain domains. But anyway, so I post, I was, I was editing the IEP goal bank as I often do. I'm adding to it all the time as I make new lists of IEP goals, mostly at the request of readers. So if you ever want to want me to round one up for you, just let us know. Um, and I have the IEP goal bank. I will have it linked in the show notes for you. But anyway, um, reposted it on social media and just the nastiness that came out of people telling me that it's unethical to use an IEP goal bank. It's unethical to copy and paste one child's IEP to another. That's not individualized. It is not unethical to network and whether that's online networking, in-person networking, workshops, conferences, going out to lunch with teacher friends, parent friends, whoever, it's not unethical to network and get ideas wherever you can get ideas. We don't have to think of every single 
IEP goal on our own. So maybe I'm taking this more personally, but I, I, I think, you know, again, I'm trying to give people grace. You know, I know that there's war and inflation and violence and racism, and there's a whole lot going on in this country that has people anxious and on edge and sad. But that doesn't mean that we have, that doesn't justify going out and just randomly attacking people, you know, people who are, especially people who are trying to do good in the world, um, attacking them on social media. And that's what I'm seeing. You know, my, one of my, one of the women in this group of bloggers that I'm in, she does a lot of recipes on her site. And when I see them posted online, because I follow her on Facebook, just the negative comments about like, you know what, if the recipe doesn't appeal to you, then keep scrolling. Don't make it. Don't buy the ingredients and make this recipe. But you don't have to be nasty to someone and say things like, well, that doesn't sound good at all. Or that's not healthy. I would never feed that to my kids. You know what, we all make choices in life. And um, anyway, I'm probably preaching to the choir here. I think most of my parents and page followers are good. Just been getting hit with a few unhappy folks. So um, another note for November is that most school districts do parent-teacher conferences in November. So you probably already have your scheduled. If not, I'm sure it's coming shortly or the invitation. And I just have a few notes about that or a few thoughts. One is that very early in my career, I attended several parent-teacher conferences with clients. And, you know, in the end, it, 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 it just happened. It is what it is, as they say, and nothing good or bad came out of it. That said, I wish that I hadn't done it. And, you know, it was not necessarily a good use of the client's money and time and my time. I or IEP meetings, um, parent-teacher conferences should not be, in my opinion, a mini IEP meeting. And many times when your child has an IEP, that area gets kind of cloudy or muddy. And they do kind of turn into mini IEP meetings and parents want to bring these concerns to their teachers and, and things like that. If you need an IEP meeting, request an IEP meeting. And that's when the only time I believe a parent should request an IEP meeting is, of course, when a change is needed to the IEP or it's not being implemented. But if the, if the data has not changed, your child's behavior or progress or learning, you know, if that has not changed, the environment hasn't changed, if nothing's really changed, I don't believe that an IEP meeting is, is going to change anything. I don't believe that the school district is going to come to a different conclusion if the data hasn't changed. So if you go to 
a parent-teacher conference, in my mind, that is a session for you. And, and again, they're only 5 to 15 minutes long. This is a session or a time for you to ga- gather more data about your child. You should listen, learn, take notes, ask for whatever they have that they're showing you in writing. Um, have your phone there with you. And if the teacher shows you something and you say, oh, this is great. You know what? Can I get a copy of this or can I have this? Um, if you have your phone right there, you can always just take a picture of it. Say, great. I want to keep this as an example. Let me um, let me take a picture of it. But in my mind, a parent-teacher conference should just be a time to, you know, kind of like a progress monitoring check-in, not not a time to not it's not a time to suggest changes to the IEP because first of all the whole IEP team isn't there. Um, I, I yes I have heard of situations where a parent has gone to a parent teacher conference and they've been kind of mini ambushed in that they walk into the room and the entire IEP team was waiting there for them. That happens. Um, if that happens to you, you know, you just table it and you say, I, you know, this is a parent teacher conference. I was under the impression that this would just be a time to share and check in about how my child is making progress so far this school year. Um, I have not had time to gather my thoughts regarding the IEP and my parent concerns, so I am not prepared to have an IEP meeting at this time or something like that. Now, that's not to say you can't necessarily, like, I wouldn't make it into something bigger than it needs to be and, like, well, I'm not sitting down until they all leave the room or something like that. Like, you know, if they need to sit there and listen in, they can listen in. But um, you can still take back control of that situation even if you're ambushed. So... Whenever possible, um, again, bring your phone so that you can take notes or take pictures of anything that you need. Um, I would bring a pen and paper in case you need to take some notes. And I always try to bring the co-parent, godparent, sister-in-law, you know, whoever you need to bring just to kind of have an extra set of eyes and ears because you want to hear how things are going. Then from there, you know what, take some time, digest that information and decide how you need to proceed. Um, But again, I wouldn't treat it as a mini IEP meeting. um, And I would I would stop a team or attempt to stop a team who was trying to do that. Um, Just because it's administratively convenient, as I like to say for them, because everybody is in the building at that time and available, doesn't mean that I'm ready to have an IEP meeting. And just, you know, just say to them, I'm not ready to have an IEP meeting at this time. You're under no obligation to do so. That is not a reasonable amount of notice if they have not told you this. Some states actually define how much notice a school has to give you for an IEP meeting. And it's been, you know, anywhere from five to ten days. But for the states that don't define it, the word that we always lean on is reasonable. And walking in the door and being greeted by an IEP team is not a reasonable amount of time. So, um, 
other than that, you know, parent-teacher conferences, what fun. Other tips for navigating a parent-teacher conference, you know, um, some questions that you might want to ask. And, you know, most kids have been in school now at least 60 days, maybe a little bit longer, maybe not. But you can just say, hey, do you feel that they're getting better, worse, or staying the same kind of thing? Um, If you're being shown grades, you want to ask what those grades are measuring. Because remember, grades are subjective, not objective. So you want to ask, you know, how are those being measured? Ask about recent standardized tests, if they have them. Any behavior reports, you want to ask to see any examples of work. If you have these concerns, you want to, the concerns that I'm about to say, you want to ask, you know, does my child have friends? Are they being socially ostracized? Are they being bullied? You know, how, how is the social life going? You also want to talk to your child beforehand at whatever level is appropriate based on your child's skill set. But you want to let them know that you're going to a parent-teacher conference and ask them, do you have any questions that you want me to ask Mrs. So-and-so? Or is there anything that you want me to tell them? Um, And of course, as always, stay child-focused. The example I give, I think, on my site is that, you know, kids like being line leader, right? Little kids. So instead of saying something like, well, you never pick her to be the line leader, you could say, you know, she's reporting that she has still not been chosen for line leader yet this year. And she's really looking forward to it. Um, you, you've sent the same message, hopefully, without attacking the teacher, right? And you, you never know, kids sometimes just have a different experience than us and and the teacher might say well actually she was line leader yesterday I'm sorry that she didn't tell you that or something like that right you just never know um if you are if there's something that you want to see at the parent teacher conference let the teacher know ahead of time Um, Make sure that you are registered for whatever online things that your school offers, whether it's, you know, PowerSchool, Class Dojo, Schoology, all those different things. You want to make sure that you are registered for those and that you've taken a look at it. A lot of this stuff, you know, many schools have parent workshops to understand these things better because a lot of that stuff can be overwhelming. I don't find a lot of it to be very intuitive, but you want to make sure for that. Um, and this is not a parent-teacher conference. You know, again, they're, they're 10 or 15 minutes. This is not the time to, you know, empty the dam and unload a ton of stuff on your teacher. Um, if, if there's a lot or if the teacher, on the other hand, if the teacher maybe is doing that to you, right? She's been busy and this is the first time that she's had a chance to meet you face-to-face and she starts to unload a ton of stuff, it's okay to just say, you know what, do you think I need to request an IEP meeting or, um, you know, this sounds pretty significant. Can we meet later this week when we have more time? You know, I want to, I want to fix this. I also, you know, as I've said, I, I don't think it's a great practice to bring an advocate to the meeting, even though I've done it. 
Um, you also want to, whenever possible, find care for your other kids so that you don't have to bring them. And and as always, just, you know, stay child-focused and solution-oriented. Um, and I always do a follow-up, just like an after IEP meeting letter that I, that I recommend. I do an after-conference email. Thank you for meeting with me and recap what happened. It just puts your makes your paper trail all that much better. So I have more tips for this on my site at adayinourshoes.com. I will also put it in the show notes. Please make sure that you visit adayinourshoes.org because that is where I have the IEP toolkit and other things that I have for parents that really, really help I just got another really great email from a parent who used the letter templates in there and um, just couldn't thank me enough. So anyway, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your month. Happy November. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Don't IEP Alone with special education advocate, Lisa Leitner. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. For more information about Lisa, the IEP toolkit, and more ways we can help you in your process, go to adayinourshoes.com. From self-care tips to common IEP mistakes, there's even more to explore. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast and subscribe to never miss an episode. Until next time, don't IEP alone, and you don't have to.